Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles E. wonderful little chorus, Heavenly Sunshine, and how we need it in these dark hours of the closing days of this age. And as you sing through the first time, turn around and shake hands with as many as possible. All together, Heavenly Sunshine. 
Quite a group of service men down here, happy, shaking hands with one another. Fellas, come on, sing Heavenly Sunshine with me, will you? Go ahead. I'll help you. All right. And that's it. Sing it right out. Give them a good hand, everybody. That's wonderful. And now, everybody, lift it up once more, our heavenly sunshine. some of the best singing I've heard for a long, long time. Many of you have written in asking me to sing Heavenly Sunshine. It's very generous of you, but it'll take a couple of weeks for me to vocalize and have my voice in shape. And a little bit later on the broadcast, I'll be speaking upon this important subject, the sign of the end of the age. I want you to have your Bibles ready and your pencil and paper, and we're going to look into God's Word. And isn't it wonderful, friends of the radio audience, to realize that we are actually labors together with God and with one another in this tremendous worldwide radio ministry.
bright stars may be mine in the glorious day when his praise like the sea vacation. She cannot take her radio, and she hopes that where she goes, people will turn on this hour. She says, thank you for all the help that you've given me. The book of Ephesians will always remind me of you, Mr. Fuller. I'm sending some to help out. A good letter comes from a young man in England who is so happy that this program can be heard there, and he wants to help increase the large listening audience. 
He says, you may be interested to know that I have advertised your program in a number of papers every week. Six papers, he mentions, there in England. And he says, do you have any posters available? No, we have no posters. He continues, thank you for all your wonderful work in bringing this program to us. It means much to us who are needing the guidance and fellowship of spiritual Christians. The signs of multiplying wickedness are unmistakable all around in these days. You are daily in my prayers, Mr. Fuller. Well, one of our seminary professors has been in England this summer, where he has been speaking at Keswick Conference and at Westminster Chapel and other places, and he has had warm, wonderful fellowship with fine, believing leaders there. But on the whole, as in this country, there's a great pall of indifference to spiritual things. Now, understand me, some fine, conservative, gospel-preaching leaders and groups of spiritual-minded men and women, but as in this country, much indifference, and the broadcast is needed abroad. We're so glad that this program can carry the light of the gospel in the British Isles and Europe, though it must be heard in the midnight darkness mostly from 11 to 12 midnight. But people do wait up to hear it, and we're thankful. We ask the prayers of you friends here in this country as well as abroad for this gospel ministry, missionary ministry in Europe and the British Isles. And then here's a letter from four of our servicemen who probably heard of the broadcast because of the advertising of this young man that I just, whose letter I just read to you. Dear Reverend Fuller, we are four airmen stationed in France who meet quite frequently to talk and learn more about our Savior. <clears throat> we hear your program relayed to us over Radio Luxembourg, and we would like to express our appreciation for your faithfulness to the Word of God and are thankful that we can hear a gospel message such as yours over in this foreign country. <clears throat> we look forward to the weekly broadcasts every Thursday night. We would like for you to know that your advertisement in the New York Herald, which is published in Paris daily, was brought to the attention of several men on this base, and we are sure that many others see it that we do not know of. It is a program that is reaching our men abroad and is much needed. And then this last letter, dear Reverend Fuller, our brother, who is in the Air Force in Korea, has saved to buy a short wave set. So now he can hear the old-fashioned revival hour quite regularly. It is a great comfort and inspiration to him, and he's also working on a Bible correspondence course in his spare time. That is all I shall have time for today, friends. A ruler once came to Jesus by night to ask him the way of salvation and life. The master made answer in words to and plain, He must be born again. He must be born again. He must be born again. I verily, verily say unto thee, Jesus the Lord, and let not the 
number 113, Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die, and remain standing for prayer. Everyone taking part, singing out heartily, singing in the Spirit. Son Daniel, Fuller, will lead us to the throne. Our Heavenly Father, we thank thee that in the midst of this world so filled with anxiety and bereavement and heartache, that up where thou dwellest there is peace and joy and love. And Father, we're thankful that for those of us who found our sight at the cross of Christ, that we can have thy heavenly sunshine dwelling in the midst of our hearts even though we walk in the midst of this wilderness way. Father, we pray today for those who feel themselves almost to be defeated, who feel themselves to be boxed in by four corners. Lord, we pray that they may look upward and see Christ and come to know the way out of their difficulty. Father, we pray especially today for the men in prison. We pray that Christ may minister to them, that they may be comforted, that they may receive patience. And, Father, we pray especially that they, as they come to know Christ, may find that they have a purpose for their lives even though they be behind prison bars. And, Father, in the midst of this world in which there is so much woe and tribulation, we are glad for the blessed hope of the soon coming, we believe, of, the, of Christ thy Son. And so, Father, we pray today, come quickly, Lord Jesus, for we look forward to his coming. In Jesus' name, Amen.
God in earnest and not caring what folks said. I was hungry for the blessing, my poor soul, it must be fed. When at last by faith I touched him, and like sparks from smitten steel, just so quick salvation reached me. Oh, bless God, I know it's real. Yes, it's real. It's real. Oh, I know it's real. Praise God, the gods are settled. For I You are listening to the Old Fashioned Revival Hour with Dr. Charles E. Fuller. His message today is titled, Signs of the End of the Age. Open your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 21, verse 7, as we rejoin the broadcast. I'll return after Dr. Fuller's message to give you information on the various resources available from this ministry. Nothing 
Please turn in your Bibles to the 21st chapter of the Gospel of Luke, verse 7, speaking upon the sign of the end of the age. Two prophetic utterances from the lips of the Lord Jesus are recorded in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and in Luke 21. These prophetic discourses, the Mount Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24 and Mark 13, and the Temple Discourse in Luke 21, not only outline the general characteristics of the days between our Lord's first and second advents, but also outlines the end days, the last days of this present age. Hence, Luke 21, 7. And they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be, and what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? In our previous broadcasts, we have shown you from the word of God that the return and recognition of Israel as a nation marks the beginning not only of the budding of the fig tree, but the beginning of that period designated in God's word as the last days. The last days period will end at the personal return of Christ to this earth when he comes the second time. On May 1948, over four years ago, when Israel was recognized as a nation, marks therefore the beginning of the last days period. And we conclude that we are now in the last period of, or in the last days, that end time period of this age, the latter times, the last days, are now upon us. May God's word burn its way into your heart. Why so positive? Because the word of God is the foundation of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Furthermore, in these two prophetic utterances, the Lord sets forth the sign of the end of the age. For note the question the disciples asked in the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24, 3, the latter part of that verse, what shall be the sign of thy coming and the sign of the end or the completion or the consummation? of the age. What sign, according to Luke, will there be when these things shall come to pass? Now, in last Sunday's broadcast, we spoke of certain signs, the signs of the times. Follow carefully. That is, God's word reveals that in between the Lord's first and second advents, when certain signs come to pass, then know that you are on the threshold are about to see the beginnings of the last days period, that is, days between the recognition of Israel and the personal visible return of Christ from glory. We gave you just a few of those signs. Zephaniah 2, 1 to 3, the return and the regathering of Israel, taking place right before our eyes, the budding of the fig tree, the great apostasy, Many departing from the faith, or some departing from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons, going away from God's word. God's word doesn't have the place of final authority that it had when our fathers were here. 
especially the second, first and second generations past, the moral breakdown of civilization, Second Timothy 3, 1 to 9, read it for yourself. The bitter conflict between labor and capital, James 5, 1 to 6. And then the repetition of the days of Noah and the days of Lot. And the days of Noah marked by violence and bloodshed and tumults and rebellions. The days of Lot being marked by the prominence of everything sexy. And we're certainly getting it thrown at us these days from every angle. The days of Lot, the letdown of moral standards are here upon us and may we wake up. Now these signs are upon us. Add these signs to that of the budding of the fig tree, the return and recognition of Israel. And I believe personally we have positive proof that we are now in the end day periods of this age. Eleventh hour working. But note please, the disciples did not ask for signs, but asked for the sign of the completion, the consummation of the or the end of the age. Now the Lord answers the disciples, and his answers are found in Matthew on the Olivet Discourse. Mark doesn't add anything thereto, but there are some additions in the Temple Discourse of Luke 21. And so we are going to study and meditate upon these two outstanding prophetic utterances and find the answer to this all-important question, what is the sign of the end of the age? Never in 35 years have I given a message that I am so certain of and so impelled to give as I am today. And I trust that his word, which is sharper than any two-edged sword, quick and powerful, penetrate your darkened hearts and you'll cry out, Lord, what must I do to be saved? And cry the penitence prayer, God be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Christ. First, may we meditate in some detail upon Matthew 24, 6 to 8. Then second, meditate upon Luke 21, 9 to 11. Mark these down now. First, upon Matthew 24, 6 to 8. And may the Holy Spirit enlighten our eyes, the eyes of our understanding, enabling us to see spiritual things and be worthy to escape all those things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man, not ashamed at his coming, but hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Now notice in Matthew 24, 6 to 8, and I want you to follow carefully and save any questions in your mind until you hear through to the end. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. That is, wars, actual encounters, actual conflicts between certain nations. We have had these from time immemorial, ever since the entrance of sin into the human race. Nothing unusual about that. Rumors designates the brewing of conflict. Propaganda leading to actual conflict. But now will you notice? See that ye be not troubled. 
For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, the word end and the word must mean, the word must, for example, means it is necessary for them to come to pass, but the end is not yet. That is the end of the age or the end of the present era during which our Lord is absent. It's not yet, but bear in mind, these verses are an answer, especially from seven to nine to eight. These verses answer the question, what is the sign? Notice the little word for in verse seven. We skip over it. We don't dwell upon it. It's a very important word. And he goes on to tell us what will come to pass in the end days. For now notice, verse 6, we've had nothing startling about that. But verse 7, here it is. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. Now, follow through. Here is an explanation of that which has been stated. Nation against nation. This means major conflicts involving the majority of nations and war on a worldwide scale. That is, world wars will mark the last days. Isn't it interesting? Dreadful, though, that in 1914 to 17 we had a world war. 25 or 24 years later, World War Number 2. And now within a short period of 10 years, the talk of a dreadful third world war. Things are coming to pass with greater rapidity. Nations arming to the teeth. Now God says, when nations, worldwide conflicts come, coupled with famines and pestilences, and earthquakes, these have been frequent over the past centuries, common and deadly over the past 20 centuries. The meaning is this. When you have world war coupled with the budding of the fig tree, coupled with famines and pestilences and then earthquakes, then be especially watchful. Lift up your head for the day of your redemption draweth nigh. And so we conclude here that when nation arises against nation, when famines and pestilences and earthquakes shall be intensified, will be of more frequent in occurrences, these things constitute the sign of the end of the age. We've had to devastate. God is simply ringing the doorbell, saying to you, Behold, I come. Verse 8 of Matthew 24. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Unfortunately, the word sorrows is put in the King James. It should be the beginning of travail, or better still, birth pang. That is, goes back to an Old Testament teaching which I'll not have time to enter into in different Old Testament 
prophets, Israel, now returning in unbelief, will go through birth pangs. And before she sees her Messiah coming in power and great glory, and look upon him whom they have pierced and are reconciled to him, before that nation, now regathered, now recognized in Palestine, there in unbelief, receives a new heart and a new spirit within him that is our born the leading nation in a day with Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. That nation will go through birth pangs, will travail as a mother about to give birth to her child, will go through the time of Jacob's trouble, the great tribulation, such as the world has never seen. And that will be just prior to the birth of that nation when the Son of Man, a greater than David, comes and occupies the throne of his father David. And then nations will learn war no more, not until then. Luke 21, 9 to 11. Let's find out some additional characteristics of the sign of the end of the age. Here we have almost the same uh, teaching or the same words as appearing in Matthew, but note in addition this word. Here it is. But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass. And they have come to pass. Hardly a generation in this old earth free from wars and commotions. Be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass. But the end, now notice it, is not by and by, or better is not come yet. Then, that little word then in verse 10, here we have the rising of nation against nation. And this little word then separates that which has already taken place with that which is the sign of the end of the age. Then said he unto them. Now notice the distinction. Carefully study your word, your Bible. Then nation shall rise against nation and kingdom and kingdom and great earthquake. Not little, little uh, four and a half and seven and one and six and one and on the Richter scale. It may go beyond the ten or devastation point on the Richter earthquake scale. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places and famine and pestilences and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. Then, now beloved, when war breaks out on a worldwide scale and scope, then there shall be these things that not only Matthew speaks of, but Luke speaks of. Fearful sights, things that fill with fear, and great signs shall there be from heaven. Now follow me carefully. In the book of Revelation, two worldwide wars are predicted. Turn with me to Revelation, the sixth chapter. Two worldwide wars which have not yet come to pass, in my humble judgment, but may come to pass overnight. And in Revelation 6, 4, 
There went out another horse that was red. Could it be communism? I don't know. And the power was given to him that set thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. The second world war, just prior to the day of the Lord, is found in the 16th chapter of Revelation, verse 14. Here it is. For they are spirits of demons, working miracles, notice it, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to battle of the great day of God Almighty. After the world war of Revelation 6, then all nations will be drawn into the plains of Megiddo to fight against Israel, and the battle of Armageddon will take place. And just as the nations are about to press Israel and defeat Israel suddenly, the clouds of heaven will part, and the Son of Man will come, the captain of their salvation, and fight for Israel as he did in the days of yore. And then they shall look upon him whom they have pierced, become reconciled to him in a day in a nation born in an hour, and all Israel shall be saved. Brother, listen. The recognition and return has already taken place. The end time when the world wars break out, coupled with these other things I don't like. If you ever needed a place of refuge, you need it now. If you ever needed to be hidden away until the time of indignation passes over, no one stirring, please. I'm dealing with the souls of men. If you ever needed a place of refuge, security and safety and salvation, you need that place now. And the time is coming when the kings of earth and the great men and the rich men and the captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every freeman will try to hide themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And safes and rocks fall on us. Hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. And for the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come, will be able to stand. He's saying to you, now is the day of salvation. Harden not your hearts as in the day of providence. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Everyone still before him. I've given you God's word. I've warned you. And I say on the authority of God's word that there's only one way of escape, and that's through Christ Jesus, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And you outside of Christ in the radio audience, Bow where you are, kneel if you can, and give your hearts to Christ today and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Christ's sake. And while our heads are bowed in this splendid, visible audience in Long Beach today, how many will quickly put their hands up and say, Brother Fuller, pray for me. I want to receive Christ as my personal Savior today and like to be remembered in a word of prayer. Will you put your hand up and say, God bless you. 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 
Hands going up all over the lower part of this auditorium. I hope I can acknowledge everyone. Anyone else here on the lower floor? Put your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Is there another hand here on the lower floor before I go to the balcony? God bless you. Another one back there. God bless you. Up in the balconies to my right. God bless you way up there. Yes. Other hands there. God bless you. The balconies to the rear. Put your hand up and say, pray for me. I need Christ. Yes, God bless you. Another hand. The balconies to the left. Is there another hand just before we close? Put your hand up and say, Brother Fuller, remember me in prayer. I want Christ. God bless you. Another sailor lad. I must close. Continue in prayer as we leave the air. This is Charles E. Fuller bidding you goodbye and God's richest blessing upon you.